you for that. Well, we have a healthy turnout and as announced earlier that this is lunchtime in Australia and it's great to see so many of you turning out. We have about more than a hundred over that are joining and tuning in for this session. So a big welcome to everyone. Okay, Blackout Series. Yes, this is our new series. So thank you for joining us at the Cyber Risk Meetup session. We have actually had quite a lot of different series over the last few months, but today is a really exciting one. It's called the Blackout Series leadership in crisis and a big thank you to all our sponsor and partners record of future is sponsoring this session and also our partners privasec my security media isaka cyber security magazine and cyan so it's all about the community building a community together so my name is shamane tan i'm the host for today i'm also the founder of cyber risk meetup and the podcast host for Mega C-Suite Stories. And I'm also the Chief Growth Officer at Privasec, which is a local cybersecurity consulting firm. But today, I have with me, as you can see, a very, very special guest. We have King Lee, all the way from Toll Group, who is the CIO over there. And uh, he has a lot of experience. And before I go into a bit of um, introduction to his background and what is he discussing with us today, just want to quickly walk through a few. Well, I think some of you might be new to Cyber Risk Meetup. So just an introduction. Uh, we actually are a local meetup. You know, we started in Australia a few years ago, originally in Sydney, and then we expanded to Melbourne. Brisbane, Perth, and then in Singapore, and then in Tokyo. And now we are about maybe more than 3,000 over people in this community. And uh, we meet regularly to share insights and just hear from industry leaders as well. And uh, previously, we have had quite a number of very interesting sessions with high profile leaders and game changers in this industry. So we have met with like the board directors, uh, talking about, you know, uh, what's their world and perspective like, how do we communicate better to people at the board. We've also talked to the world's first CISO all the way back in 1994. So that's really interesting how he dealt with Russia's hack. So there's a lot of interesting guests that we have had over the years. You can subscribe to Cyber Risk Meetup YouTube channel if you want to catch up on the episodes. In fact, today's episode is going to be on the Cyber Risk Meetup YouTube channel and we will also be on podcast, the Mega C Suite Stories. You can check it out on your favorite podcast channel. So whether it's Spotify and a few other uh, well-known names. All right. So with that, back to King Lee. So King Lee has, well, I think like more than almost two decades of experience in, as a CIO. I mean, I looked at your history, your career history, even with GE, uh, General Electric, and you've done a lot of incredible things in terms of the work, um, you know, over a substantial period of time. And you joined Toll at a very interesting time <laughs> as well. <Yes. laughs> but, you know, I just want to thank you for taking time out today to share your learnings, to share your observations, to share your expertise with our community and you know as the same as the previous speakers you are actually not representing um, your company you're actually sharing this from your personal experience itself so i really want to thank you on behalf of our community that you're taking time to do this yeah so we can start off the session to maybe share with us you know when you first joined toll did you join because they toll went through quite an interesting year this year with two major attacks you know and the first one around end of jan early feb and then the second one um sometime in may so did you actually join right before the second attack or right in the midst of the second cyber attack very, very good question Shermaine. uh think well first of all thanks for inviting me to this session uh, i think what what you are doing here 
with the sponsors of um, having Cyber Meet, uh, getting people together in sharing experiences and and really brainstorming ideas is is a is a very good way to um, to help everyone right improve on what we need to do here. Um, uh, back to your question is that uh, I've <clears throat> I joined Tool in March about six months ago. So it's really um, a month after the first attack and two months before the second attack. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, and and I now prior prior to that I spent as you said uh, 20, 20 plus years with General Electric in various different IT and uh, business operations role outside of Australia, and I've been away from Australia for like twenty six years. And um, um, I think I think one one of those days that I woke up sometime last year that you no know, why am I still doing outside of Australia when my children are all back in Melbourne? So that's when we decided to actually retire out of GE and, and move back to Melbourne. And, um, and, and you know, very fortunately found this opportunity with Holt uh, and, and pick up a, a very interesting role with, with them. Um, having said that, as you mentioned, um, I joined at a very, very special time in Holt, um, right after, not just cyber, but actually, uh, as, as you guys know, that uh, Australia went through a bushfire uh, crisis oh. that's put a lot of uh, the whole country um, into um, into a lot of stress. Uh, you know, companies like Toll also um, got involved in 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 helping with the bushfire, but also impacted by the effect of it. And then followed mm -hmm. by the first cyber incident, and then COVID, and then the second cyber incident. So so we 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 have been uh, we have gone through a fair bit in the last few months. Yes, we certainly have. And uh, you, of all times, you've chosen an interesting time as well to take such a high-profile role. And then, you know, everyone's observing and seeing how you respond as well in times of crisis, right? But at the same time, there's a lot of learning opportunities too. And, uh, you know, today we have like a very good mix of audience from, um, we have a number of sizes who have joined in, mm -hmm. um, CIOs, COOs, um, MDs, a lot of different execs global head of security people as well and uh, across different industries and from different countries but mainly within APAC today and uh, so I think it'd be really interesting to hear about like uh, maybe if we, we start from the beginning right like you know Toll was facing threats from the hackers um, about like you know, publishing the information they, they access on the dark web so we're just wondering if you can maybe walk through what exactly happened at that point in time you know at the steps of response you had to take Right. Okay. So, so as I mentioned, now we, we kind of went through two cyber attacks this year. No, no. Uh, no, it, it really happened between the first and the second cyber attack happened. You no, know, within three months period. So, uh, not not no. As I think, as uh, some of you, uh, hopefully none of you, if you have gone through a cyber attack, you really don't wish it on anyone else. Uh, and and Toh has gone through twice of tw two times. Um, in a very short three months period. Now, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch much on the first cyber incident. Uh, I wasn't here as a, uh, so I wouldn't have a first hand information. But then, um, mm. as we were recovering after the uh, the first cyber incident, um, when I first joined, uh, the team has actually worked very well in in putting um, recovery actions in place and security securing our environment. Um, and then, um, and then the second cyber incident happened. Um, and uh, what what we noticed is one morning on the fourth of May, uh, there were encrypted files in the systems, and um, 
and uh, there's a ransom note left behind on the server. So we, we, we knew straight away that you know, um, uh, we have been hit by a ransomware. Um, what we did very quickly um, is to, uh, we, we brought the system down um, in an orderly fashion. In fact, one, one of the things that our team did was to shut down the inter internet gateway. Uh, that is to ensure that you know, if there's any virus still in the system, it doesn't get spread to our partners and customers. So that's the number one thing, is to, is to, is to contain it and, and protect others, uh, and then bring down the systems and, and, and engage and kick off the, um, the crisis management process, very importantly, and then put BCP in place and started communicating to, uh, <clears throat> to our customers, to the media, to the regulators, as well as to our employees. So um, you got you to gotta get all those in place pretty quickly in an orderly fashion in order to control the, uh, the environment. So um, it's been, uh, and then the, and then the following few weeks is actually working through painfully um, to mm -hmm. recover um, the whole systems uh, and bring things back online <clears throat> and get business operations back online as well. Um, I must say that um, it is uh, it is important to act very quickly when when you identify a cyber attack. It's just like any other crisis; you got to be able to act extremely quickly, but also in an orderly fashion. Uh, don't panic, mm. um, and you got you got to really um, coordinate the entire organization well, so that everyone knows what they need to do. Mm. So I, I must say that. Um, um to, to be able to do that you got to be ready with a plan yeah um, so that when, when you encounter such situation you don't have to start thinking about so what should i do next um mm. <clears throat> you you will need to have a a crisis management plan in place and especially yeah. for cyber uh, you need your team will need to know how to react uh, immediately and what are the right things you know, step one two three four to follow um, mm. in order to uh, to act you know to put in the the, the proper measures and um, and secondly uh, you really need to have a good business continuity plan in place since the yeah. system is going to be down um, so your assessment is going to be quick in terms of determining how long would you need to uh, uh, know use the PCP for that is very critical for your business operation and it's extremely critical for your customers as well because they need to know if you if your system can't operate today how long do i have to wait um mm. do i have to uh, come up with an alternate plan for my business operations as well so managing the expectation and having that communicated very clearly on how long the bcp is going to be is going to run for is absolutely critical because um, you do not want to lose confidence of your customer. Yes. Right. So you you you, you got to be with, with that. You got to determine how you're going to stay control on top of the crisis. If you can present a plan, a timing, uh, uh, no, and show them what you're doing, that will mm. that will actually you know, give them a lot of confidence of uh, even if the the BCP is going to be in place for one or two weeks, it's a long period of time, but they know what what exactly you're doing that will give them a lot more confidence on, on working with you on that. Hmm. I was just wondering, because you mentioned you joined 
after the first attack, right? But were you involved in building up the BCP plan before the second attack came or you're in the midst of that? Uh, for, for the BCP, for most part of our business operations, they already have BCP in place. Right, right? okay. And, and after the first attack, we kind of, um, as we apply those BCPs, we found that there are areas that we can improve on. So right. we, we can improve the BCP and even today, uh, we continue to work with our customers because we have a lot of customers uh, that we support both corporate and, and you know, the, for the retail outlets. Um, and uh, to see you know, how do we fine tune, continue to fine tune our BCP in order to uh, to face up to uh, further uh, incidents in the future. Hmm. And what would you say is probably the most challenging thing for you because you were fairly new to the organization, you're in the midst of a lot of uplift, you know, and, and they're making a lot of changes, right? So you have new stakeholders that you have to introduce yourself to. Maybe you want to share with the audience, like uh, what worked to your advantage joining an organization in a time like this. At the same time, maybe what was the biggest challenge that you have to face and deal with? Yeah. Well, well I, I suppose the advantage is that um, um, I came in with uh, with uh, new thinking and, and um, uh, really looking at the whole situation from a different perspective. So, um, um, and, and asking a lot of questions uh, that, you know, most, most of the time we have already have answers, but then sometimes it's people say, oh, okay, we probably didn't think about that. So coming in with a fresh pair of eyes is good. And, and mm. secondly is that uh, I suppose uh, I didn't go through the bushfire crisis. I didn't go through the, um, the first cyber incident crisis. So um, I, I, I have a lot more energy. I just came in fresh. <laughs> Uh, dealing with the crisis, so um, so uh, I can really you know put in 150% of my effort to to work with the team, and a lot of times that you find that the team already have a lot of knowledge and know how on how to deal with it. It's just mm. actually help, helping them, and and connecting the dots, and motivating them along the way. Right now, the challenge for me is that if I think about it, being about just two months into the company. In fact, um, right after I joined Cold in the beginning of March, by end of March, most of us are already working from home because of COVID. Uh, yes. So I, I didn't get a chance to meet up with the majority of my team as well as the business stakeholders and my colleagues and all that. Um, not just in Australia, but globally. I haven't even met them on video yet. So, uh, so the, uh, no, I have to really very quickly get to know each other well, know the individuals, the roles that they play, the whole mm. organization structure, um, and a lot of the, uh, the internal process. So, uh, so that is a challenge um, for someone new to pick up very quickly. That's a massive challenge. <laughs> uh, do you have yeah. any advice or tips on uh, how you went about it and you think it, it worked really well for you? Um, oh, I su suppose number one is that um, is to get to know your team and your colleagues well, um, because like I say, um, they they know the background, they know the history, they know the environment, they know the process, they know the people, the network, and all that. So um, get to know them well and and leverage them a hundred percent, leverage them, and and listen a lot. Listen mm. to what the team has got to say, uh, the opinions and, and the, uh, the ideas, um, and work with the colleagues. 
teamwork is the most important thing to me. Um, well, it's, again, it's not just about this crisis, but I think in everything that we do everywhere uh, in an organization, no individual is going to be that great that can achieve everything by himself or herself. Um, but so we have to work in a team and as a team to solve problems. So having patient, listening um, to others, and then leveraging others and work closely together. Um, and we have to also be able to um, absorb uh, mistakes. Everybody make mistakes, especially in a crisis time, mm. um, as we need to move so quickly, make a lot of decisions along the way. We're we bound to make some mistakes, big or small. So That's be true. able to actually agree on a decision, move forward with that. Even if we make mistakes, we just gotta find an alternate way to move forward um, and not having to lay blames and all that um, and focus our energy in fixing problems and coming up with uh, new ideas to move forward, uh, which is important. Oh, and, that's really and, good. And one more thing when we are saying making mistakes, mm. right, is being mm. transparent. Being transparent, yes. We got to be extremely transparent with, with uh, our team, our colleagues, and even to, to the extent our customers and, 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 and partners that of what we know, what we are doing, and even what mistakes we have made. Yes. Because when, when you are transparent enough, um, then you start to build trust uh, from each other. Mm. Well, that's very, very important because you don't want to leave it to ambiguity and people are wondering what I, you know, what's the actions that's being taken. So at the end of the day, it's about the honesty and transparency in your communication as well. But at the same time, you know, have to be careful about what to review and what not to review. So having that fine balance is probably a bit tricky, but that's very key. And I like what you said about finding advocates and, you know, uh, working with allies for common vision and the common goal at the end of the day, solving this common problem together. Mm -hmm. So that's really Yeah, yeah. And, and communicating all the time, right? Um, People, if you think about it, right, in, in, a, in a crisis period, and, and the same thing, um, something that's common to all of us is COVID, COVID-19. So what's happening in the world? Uh, how many new cases uh, do we have in Victoria, in Australia, in Singapore, in all over the world? And what are the, you know, uh, what's the progress with the vaccine? Where are we getting it? So, uh, and all this uh, is information that people want to know, uh, things that's very um, important to them personally. Mm -hmm. The same thing in the crisis, in the cyber incidents, as we recover from it, there is just so much demand on information. Your yes. employee needs to know what's happening. Your, your, your business partners need to know what's happening. Your customers need to know. The me media wants to know. And even mm -hmm. regulators, ACAC needs to know as well. Uh, so what happened? What are you doing about it? Um, exactly what kind of uh, virus is it? Um, who's helping you? What are the improvements you put it in place? And so there's just so much information that they need. So the ability to communicate all the time, frequently, consistently, providing the information to all the, uh, the parties is extremely crit critical. Because if we if you do not communicate well enough, detailed enough, and mm. clear enough, rumors is gonna fill the, the void. 
Yes. People are going to say and speculate what's, what has happened, right? What did not mm. go well? Uh, what more is going to happen? So, uh, so instead of letting people put in, put in their speculation, is to communicate what's actually happening. That's really, really good and powerful. A powerful reminder, right? Sometimes we take that for granted and we assume that people know, but you know, we need to remind ourselves, right? The power of effective communication. And that's key, right? In any, any role, actually. So I have a couple of questions before I leave it to the audience. I can see that everybody is already, you know, busy typing questions away. But before I go to that, there were a few quick things I wanted to check with you. So, you know, as you and I were talking before and you were sharing a core value that you really have that's important because there were pressure coming in, you know, in a crisis time, you know, to get your systems back up and running again. You know, you need to continue with service, right? But something really stood out with this sentence that you said. Uh, do you want to share that and elaborate okay. that with the rest of us? Yes. Okay, sure. Um, after the second cyber incident, now um, as I, I was uh, dealing with, uh, in, in fact, in the very first day, the fourth of May, um, when I get the leadership team together, uh, the global leadership, the business leadership team together, the CEOs and all that, and discuss about the plan and what we need to do next, and and obviously the the first question that the uh, the division presidents the, the the business ceos and all that they'll be asking and including our customers right is that mm. so how fast can you recover the system and by the way um we expect it to be faster than the, the previous incident uh, because we will have learned the lessons we will have better process in place and all that so we should be the expectation is that we should be able to recover the systems and get back online a lot faster um mm. But, but then I kind of shared with the uh, the leadership team is that um, uh, look at it from a different angle. Uh, we this is the second time we got hit, and yeah. and which proves which proves to us is that uh, there are many uh, actors out there waiting to um, um, to attack us again. Mm, uh, if they can attack us first time, if they can attack us the second time. Uh, mm -hmm. It may be the same group, it may be, and it will definitely most likely be a different group who will, will be attacking us again. So we want to make sure that you know, um, as we bring the system back online, uh, it's going to be better, safer, and stronger than before it went down. So the yes. important thing is that, as I mentioned to the leadership team, and until today we still talk about it, is that safety before speed. Mm. You got to make sure that as we bring the system back online, it's going to be a lot safer than before it went down so that you now we can we can be more confident as we recover it. We will be able to withstand and be able to detect further, further um, attack or tries that we can eliminate them before it happens again, because nobody wants a third incident. Yeah. Uh, and that went down very well. Now, as, as much as it's very difficult initially to actually sell mm. the idea, mm. especially explain to our customers why it's taking longer than what they expected for to get back on operations and they're going to continue to use BCP to run the operations. But then later on, very quickly, actually, um, I must say our customers are very understanding. Um, that Very quickly, they, they, they know that as I talk to their CIOs, their CISO and all that, they say, the approach is right because mm. if you bring the system back up as 
what it was previously, we have no confidence in reconnecting with you because you can't, you can't guarantee that you are safer. But the approach that we have taken and we have shared with them why it's safer, what, what measures we have taken in, you know, um, to actually build a stronger and safer uh, systems when we bring it online, then they feel more confident in reconnecting with us and say, you know what, um, this is a much better approach. I know we got to wait uh, a little bit longer, but it's, it's worth the wait, right? Love we know it's going to be better, so. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And it's very funny because I'm like comparing the, the approach, right? Um, you know, with even like um, a couple of the high profile attacks for certain organization and even like one of my chats with Steve Katz, um, as mentioned earlier, like the world's first sizeo, right? But even the same thing when the bank went through a hack, their first hack actually, and the customers were really like concerned. They were wanting to shift right to a different bank. But what the sizeo did was you gave a lot of transparency in terms of it what they are doing as a bank, what they're trying to work to make sure that they've improved and uplift the entire process and things like that. And that gave the customers so much confidence because of their open communication and the prioritization, right, of security that um, in the end, they became the leading banks because they have actually dealt with incidents before they know how to handle it as compared to other banks that have not had the exposure before and the learning. So in a way, like, you know, Toll being a logistic giant, but the fact that you all have everyone has gone to war in a way. So, you know, you're very equipped. You have a different mindset as compared to maybe companies who have not gone through this before. So that's something really insightful that you have shared as well. And I love that safety versus speed, right? It's very, very true. Yeah. So with that, we have quite a few questions that have come in and I'm going to dive straight into the audience questions. So um, there's some congratulations about your Global Head of Source Information Security Guy that you've hired, Baron. Everyone knows him from uh, Telstra, and um, so they were wondering, like, you know, what's your first priority to prevent like uh, the next attack, or rather, like, I know that you guys are building a cyber resilience program as well. But what would you say is the first, the most key thing now that you know you've gotten key resources in its place? What will be your first um, focus as a strategy? Yeah. Uh the, 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 the thing is that, uh, first of all, we are extremely happy and excited to have uh, Barry on board. Um, is, um, he's a really a, a great add to the team um, and uh, will we'll really take um, what we do today uh, to the next level. So uh, very, very happy to have him join the team. Um, and, and secondly, is that as you mentioned, Charmaine, um, uh, throughout the uh, the last couple of months, um, we uh, as we as we are recovering from the the cyber incident, uh, we work with our partners and and the whole IT team has has worked day and night. Um, mm -hmm. You are not just um, recovering in in you know, in a safer manner, but actually mapping out a a, a cyber resilience program with uh, a few of our partners. Um, and not, not just mapping it out because in fact, uh, we already have that program in place and starting to run on it. Uh, but it was like, like a 24 to 36 months program. But what mm -hmm. the team has done in the last couple of months is really to, to work out an accelerated version of it um, um, and, and boils down to uh, no, no, around 30 over projects that we have to execute in the last next 12 months. Uh, wow. So really accelerating what we uh, we have originally plan for 
uh, it's an extremely ambitious program. Mm. Um, even our partner says that you no, know, they say you no. Know, we we're, we're not sure you're going to be able to do it in four months. In fact, because it's very ambitious, uh, we have already kickstarted fifty percent of that program, um, and we're running well with it. So it's very wow. hard to identify exactly which part um, that is more important because they are all important. But then. Um, some of the stuff that you no, know, there are some things that we have to do before the other. So, so certain certain activities will have a dependency, right? Um, there's something else uh, as a prerequisite have to be completed before we move on. So that's how we actually prioritize and schedule them. But I would mm. say that there are a few things that you no, know, um, it really depends on uh, every organization. Um, you can look at your own deficiencies, or when when I say deficiency deficiency is that where is your biggest gap that you yep. gotta close first so it, it may be uh no the way we prioritize in tone may not be the exactly the same as what organize, other organization needs um yeah. so for us is that we want to make sure that our parameters is is strengthened um that we we can we can uh, know um build up a better defense around our parameter and uh, we make sure that we secure all our remote access with the multi-factor authentication. Yeah. Right. Okay. And we have a, a much better endpoint detection capability. Um, uh, we brought in CrowdStrike to add on to what we already have. And, uh, and we're building a much better detection and monitoring uh, capability um, so that we can identify um, uh, those threats early and be able to, uh, like using CrowdStrike, to uh, no terminate and kill those uh, threats, and no, uh, and and again, not because uh, Recorder Future is the, uh, the sponsor for this event, but we have also engaged Recorder Future uh, ah. to, to really support us in, in enhancing our threat intelligence. To be able right. to again, to 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 what we see is that no, um, as, as you go through a cyber incident and you recover from it, as you're building up capability. Uh, I would just describe it in the sense that you are like fighting fire that is already on your on your body, right? Mm -hmm. And it's important because you really put a fire when it's already burning on you, so you have to put that off. But then going forward, as you as you start to put off fire on your body, you're gonna start. There's still gonna be fire, right, uh, in the vicinity that's coming. So you're gonna start fighting fire, not letting the fire come close. You're gonna start fighting fire like. 50 meters away, 100 meters away. So we, we look at like threat intelligence is something like that, is that I know something is that I need to be able to deal with those fire before it even come close to mm. the horizon. And uh, and threat intel is one of those key, um, key areas that we're gonna enhance on. Yeah, I love that. And it's showing foresight, right? You know, I love the analogy about the fire and it's so, real given you know that we have all gone through the bushfire season and things like that so there is a few other questions that come in as well but i'm going to try and rephrase it a bit so you know given that there's these two incidents that happened this year one of the questions came in is more of like you know what was dropped off in terms of your approach in dealing with the incident response or business continuity and what was maybe found unhelpful because you find like that's not working but if i want to rephrase that a bit you know now with the hindsight that you have okay being current moment and you're looking back what were things that you feel can be improved or you can uh, do better as a advice that you would leave for the rest of us 
Right. No, good, good question. Um, if, I, if I think it through of what we have done, I, I, I spoke a lot about the uh, the communication, right? So we mm -hmm. actually, um, I, I would say we've done a pretty uh, pretty good job in communicating to uh, all the stakeholders. Um, what we could have done even better going forward, um, now thinking back, um, is that we communicate a lot to our customers to give them mm -hmm. information every day. Every day when we, we have new update, we will, our accounts team will reach out to the customers and share with them the progress and what we have done and answer a lot of questions from customers. Put together Q&A and then broadcast it to more customers. What we could have done better is to help our customers to communicate with their customers. Because, because although we were able to tell our customers of what happened, they also, their customers is also impacted by their capability yeah. as a result of post-cyber attack. And, mm -hmm. and it, for some of them, they struggle in, in kind of translating our communication in their context for their customer. So whether it's retail customer, groceries, mining, and all that, all of them are slightly different, right? So uh, we could have done better in helping our customers to communicate as well, because that will help them. Um, and, and secondly, that in, in, in lines of communication, um, we have uh, we we did not we although we have actually um, enhanced our call center by twenty percent uh, capability bandwidth, uh, it wasn't enough because there are a lot a lot of queries that came in, um, and we we could have uh, be better prepared to see how we can scale up to double that rather than just increase it by 20 or 50%, right? Mm. Uh, that's the other thing about communication and, and what, what we have learned. Uh, and also leveraging the employees. Uh, we have a lot of employees as a result of the, uh, the cyber attack uh, because the system is down, so they can't yeah. do much. Um, mm. And they've been waiting there for information and all that. Um, and so th there is, there is a, 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 a team of employees that you know can't do much because of systems unavailability. But there's another batch of employees, especially in IT, that's like working around the clock. Uh, a lot of my team members, they work a hundred hour week or more. It's crazy for those few yeah. weeks. So, so how do we actually better balance the load and leverage yeah. some of the other employees? Although the skill set and knowledge is different, how do we actually leverage them to, to work on communication? right two-way communication helping things now so if we can do that better then we'll help support the other batch of the employees as well so those are a few things that i would say that we can do better yeah uh, that is really helpful especially now that you have the hindsight right um there's a lot of things that probably we can look at improving and um evening out the load so there's no burnout you know at the end of the day our people are our resource and we need them as their first line of defense as well mm -hmm. so that's thanks for sharing king given time we'll try to get through maybe king will try to like see if you can okay. give me a quick answer you know for a few maybe okay. we'll, last three questions okay so one of them is about your views on cyber insurance and whether do you think that this has been helpful for both incidents back to your question is yes <laughs> okay, maybe like two more sentences, elaboration. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, basically cyber insurance is just like any other insurance policies that uh, it's always good to have insurance uh, to, to protect yourself. And, and also, 
Now, keep in mind also with uh, with cyber insurance, right? Again, just like any other insurance that you have, they will also ask you to make sure that you you uh, you continue to improve yourself, that you you put in sufficient protection and all that. That will help lower your premium. So, in in a way, it's also helping to encourage you to do the right thing. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean that if you don't have insurance, you won't be doing the right thing, but then there is just another push. Um, but having insurance is always good. Mm. Yeah, the added protection. There is another one that is about um, the incidents, right? Have the incidents required a review of third-party risk management practices? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, like, like I mentioned before, is that um, uh, as much as we, we look at ourselves, what we need to improve, we also got to make sure that we protect our customers as well. Uh, very important. Um, at the same time, is that um, there there are things that is uh, that is beyond our control. Um, uh, whether it is uh, with our partners' uh, systems, connectivity, and all that, uh, we gotta we gotta help them to help us. Right? Mm. Uh, going forward in the future. And the other thing is that uh, for, for those who are, who have manufacturing operations, there is also a very vague area between IT and OT, operation technology and information technology. So when you get, especially when you get into the uh, manufacturing shop floor and all that, uh, and you may have done all that is required for I, from an IT side, but if your OT, your operation technology doesn't have the same kind of protection, and it's connected to your entire internal network, you have to take another look at that. Thanks for that, King. Given time, I think we're going to wrap off with this final question. I think the rest of you, what happens is, uh, you know, King is available on, on LinkedIn or what, you can always you know, keep the conversation open, right? So feel free to uh, connect with him, drop him a note after that. Uh, but. I just want to thank you for being so, you know, you are modeling how is it like being so transparent and open here about your learnings and the advice I think is really useful for other organizations to take as well and look at how we can influence the culture or, you know, communicate more effectively, right, internally and externally moving forward. So in terms of our final parting question, like what would you say would be maybe your top three advice you will leave for effective leadership in times of crisis that you have not already mentioned earlier? Number one is stay calm. In a crisis, the most important thing, uh, especially if you're, if you're leading, you're managing the crisis, stay calm because when the leadership team panics, everybody else will. Yeah. Uh, very important. And, um, and, and secondly, uh, it's a teamwork. Uh, I think I mentioned that before. Um, I won't repeat all the other stuff, but I just want to re-emphasize teamwork is extremely important uh, because if if, uh, if you don't have trust and a good teamwork, you will not be able to mobilize everyone. You will not be able to synchronize your activities as well as, as possible. And, um, and it won't work as effectively. So teamwork mm. is absolutely critical because you have to be really inclusive and and, and be patient with each other. Okay, in a crisis, there's a lot of stress, so you yes. really, really need to have that mentality to work closely with each other, understand each other. And I, su I suppose that the, the third thing is really, um, uh, as, as leaders managing crisis, you have to take ownership uh, mm. because the decisions we have to make 
on the spot. And now there is a process of making decisions, like I said, teamwork and all that. You have to engage people, take in all the input, look at different options, and then you have to make decisions. There is never going to be a perfect decision all the time. There's always going to be trade-off, but you have to take ownership on those decisions. Um, I, now, you, you do not want to procrastinate and say, hey, you know what, if I, if I make this decision, I'm going to be bearing the, uh, the responsibility. If something goes wrong, I'm going to be blamed. You just have to take ownership on that and make sure that you have engaged enough of the discussion opinion, but make the decision and move on in order to act quickly. Mm, thank right. you so much, King. Like, uh, that's so valuable. And, you know, given the fact I know you're so busy, it's hectic and, you know, you take time to share your insights. Really, really appreciate this. And the community is so thankful as well. So thank you so much for this. And um, with that, oh, thank you. Thanks. Any other last words? No, thank you for organizing this. And uh, uh, no, I appreciate people spending time um, listening in and, and asking those questions. Those are all very good questions. And now just, just keep sharing, just keep sharing experience. There's something that we learn uh, from Toll. Um, but then uh, we, we don't, we don't, I, I wouldn't say that we have all the answers. Uh, we're just sharing with you what we see and what we've learned. Uh, and and we'll, we we do welcome if there's other good good ideas and good you know, uh, suggestions of what, what we can do better as a community. Wow. Love okay. that. Yeah. Thank you. And with that, we've come to the end of this session. So again, thank you to our sponsors, Recorded Future, our partners, My Security Marketplace, Privasec, and actually as part of community, Privasec has been really supporting um, community. So we are running another session, which is a different one. Um, it's a broadcast series. Um, I'm hosting that as well. And that is more of, um, we're going to talk about third party risk. So, you know, meeting your gate crashes, right, the unknown in your party. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have one of our SMEs for that. It's actually happening tomorrow. So if you want to join and be a part of that, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and the, I will be able to give you the registration details as well. And, you know, today's session is going to be on YouTube. So if you feel that it's going to help a lot of other people in the community and maybe they, they have not heard about this or they need to hear all the wise words that King has share today then you know you can share this with your network and it will also be on the podcast for people who just love plugging in on the audio right and with that we've come to the end of the session so thank you everyone i see like every one of you stayed on all the way to the end so <laughs> i could tell you're all so hungry and uh, it's so lovely to meet all of you again and uh, once again great to have king on this show with us and enjoy the rest of your day guys take care have a nice day thanks everyone bye everyone see you